Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello podcast people, what is up? This week is a doozy. We got the one and only DJ Premier. Now if you don't already know who this guy is, he's half of hip-hop's gangstar as well as a superstar producer for literally everyone in the biz. I'm talking Common, D'Angelo, Dre, Nas, KRS-One, Ludacris, M.O.P., Rakim, Snoop, Jay-Z, I said him already. <laughs> anyway, yo, he's also producer Christina Aguilera. I can't even say that girl's name. She's been around for 20 years. And on the pod, he talks about attending her wedding and learning how to appreciate wine. He also shares his philosophy on being one of the dopest producers in the business. So check it out, y'all. DJ Premier on Huey Off the Record. I think you got it. Thank you. Give me a test on the mic. Yo, 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 yo. Check, check, two, two. All right, we're here. Uh, what do you call this studio, man? <laughs> I didn't even ask this you. is called Headquarters Studio, but it's spelled H-E-A-D-Q, then, court, then C-O-U-R-T, like going to court, uh-huh. and then E-R-Z. It's in memory of my homie Headquarters, uh, Kenneth Walker. He passed away, and uh, he... Uh, uh, when when he passed, he was he, he passed in two thousand two. He uh, was a, he was the type of dude that not was he is the type of dude that just commanded attention, even if he wasn't commanding attention. And uh, <laughs> he, he's he's a one of a kind dude, man. And uh, losing him was just such a big loss that when and he died right when D and D was closing. Mm-hmm. So now we couldn't even finish our, our last Gangstar album, The Owners, because we, we were probably three or four songs shy from finishing it and D&D went out of business. So mm-hmm. that had me devastated because I've been there since 1992 and yeah. that's home and, mm-hmm. and all my great records that really blew me up come from D&D, you know, the bulk of it. And uh, and so from there, you know, I, I was not depressed where I'm, you know, can't can't function, but I was depressed though mm-hmm. because not only that happened, Jam Master Jay died and headquarters died two days after him. So, and I knew Jay well, uh, and uh, from and then from there, when headquarters passed, his mother asked me to dress him in the casket. She said, "I want you to pick out the outfit and make mm-hmm. him." She said, "Make him look hip hop. Don't she? Said, Don't put him in a suit." Don't do anything, uh, you know, formal. Make it 
the way he looked when he used to hang out with the fellas. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, got him dressed and uh, went at the funeral home. It, it, the turnout was enormous. Tour buses are pulling up, yeah, MOP, and all of them are hopping off because they're about to go on tour. You know, big tour bus in front of a funeral home in the yeah, hood. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was just so crazy packed. Some from Red Alert on, it just everybody knew headquarters, you know, mm-hmm. even from 50 Cent on down. So uh, it, it was just a dope send off. And so when, when uh, I, I approached the landlord about me taking over DD, he was like, nah, he said, well, unless you uh, are. are Speaking my language numbers wise, yeah. he said, "I'm gonna give you a post-it note, and I'm gonna write a number, and you write a number." I wrote mine, pushed it to him. He wrote his, pushed it to me. He looked at it. He goes, oh, "Looks like your number doesn't match my number, so no, no business." I was like, "All right." I left. Um, went on tour for maybe almost a month. The day we're about to f- come back on tour on our bus. Uh, the landlord calls and uh, shout to Mitch and he goes hey uh, you still want that place for that number that you slid on my desk I was like yeah he said alright come see me next week and we'll do a deal and I did a five year deal mm-hmm. uh, just just for starters yeah. and everything was just super smooth the whole time so I said let's rename it this is, D&D is really the legacy of Dave and Doug who yeah. are D&D yeah. so shout to Dave Lau and Doug Grammer <clears throat> and uh, so from there uh, I said, let's just rename it our own name. And I was like, headquarters. And I said, but we'll spell easy, it. Because right? we used to make fun of the way he spelled it. Like, Man, he, he, that's how you spell it. He, yeah. And he used to talk with it like a grit in his teeth. He'd be like, yeah, because I spell it that way because I'm flying and nobody liked me. Yeah. That's how he talked yeah. about it. Even if he whispered to you. He whispered like that. you all could get a little something to drink out the fridge. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'd be like, Man, stop talking. And he was just hilarious, but also a stand-up dude yeah. on every level. So if you, if you needed him for war he's ready for that but he's also just a fun guy they always say most guys from you know killers to just the toughest dudes are the most jokesters you yeah. know what I'm saying they're, well, they're, they're not the Marines, just, yeah. I mean, yeah, all the guys that were the, all, yeah, and and all the nutty dudes who make the craziest jokes mm-hmm. you're like what is going on yeah yeah, well, it's a great legacy and it's a wonderful place man yeah so so uh, headquarters I had it there from the time he passed all the way till we we left here. We we moved out. New, we moved out New Year's Eve. Wow. Yeah, New Year's Eve. So you get ready to go out that night, and you just move. Actually, Jan- actually January third, but we uh, it, it was it was symbolical because we did we're doing a documentary, so we documented the whole packing up the and moving, everything. showing us tearing everything down, pulling wood off the wall just to have a souvenir of a piece. Yeah. And uh, what was Dave Lauer thinking about that? Oh man, <laughs> it, 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 it was real emotional. And then yeah. we then we got all the artists that performed. I mean, that recorded there to, to do the end of, to do the documentary. Jay Z did it. Nas did it. Uh, because everybody came through there, man. Yeah, the yeah. whole boot camp click. Cause we mm-hmm. were always there on a the regular back then. Jay Z was there on her all the time, uh, on his first two albums, heavy. And uh, the boot camp click was always in one room. I was always in the other room. And uh, you know, Alchemists and Dilated Peoples, they would be in this new room they built called the D Room, which was a brand new room. Yeah. You know, it was an A, B, and D. No, there was no, no C. C. <laughs> and, uh, it was just crazy. I even yeah. brought the one where so. Uh, as years pass, there's a lot of gentrification going on over there in Hell's Kitchen area yeah, yeah. and everything, everywhere. And uh, they sold the building twice. Those guys were cool. They were like, hey, we're the new guys that own the building. Keep on paying the rent. So yeah, yeah, right. Jeez, yeah. Then here comes the guy that just doesn't care about legacy and all that and the history. 
He's either the man, of course. He's I can stay if I, you know, yeah, if you just are super. But that's but that's. Yeah. I mean, also like D and D was aside from being the legendary spot, it yeah. was also in Manhattan. There, yeah. were, there was that. There was Battery. Yeah, and there was Quad. It's hit uh, hit factory. Yeah, there weren't that many that did hip hop music. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I remember in like maybe the early '90s when you were coming around. There were a lot of studios that didn't. Like the engineers wouldn't yeah. work out of that. Yeah, Green Street was popping yeah. too. Pete Rock made that really pop, and uh, Chunk King was very. Yeah, yeah that was the one. Yeah. That was a big part of hip hop. Def Jam, the Def Jam era. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was Chunk King. That was that, like I'm looking at your your Akai over there, but that was like one of the things where, I mean, what was it? The, Adam Horowitz's drum machine was going around. Everybody, oh yeah, all that, the, that from, was, from Ad Rock. Yeah, yeah. From, from the, uh, the, the, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, all of that uh, hit us at the same time. Like, like. Uh, D&D's closing I got mm-hmm. to open it and now we're selling the building and and uh, you know it was just like where am I gonna go I've been there for so what long what made you think out here man oh I I, I, I rapping a, a shout out to my man Brian Jaffe man he uh, uh, saw me at Toys R Us I was buying something for my son <laughs> the and, one uptown yeah. no no in Queens okay. and, uh, and he happened to be in the checkout line with his with his wife and uh, he he sees me and is like oh man DJ Premier you know that whole thing yeah. and uh, and I was looking for for a uh, commercial real estate broker not just not not residential yeah. and you know commercial I never really had to do it because yeah. the place was already grandfather I was grandfathered in <clears throat> so fast forward he's uh He's in line. He's like just talking about, oh man, no this and this and this song. And his wife's like, you know, you're, you're scaring him. His son is starting like, you know, yeah, she's, yeah, she's like, she's like, you're scary, you're scaring the guy. Like, you know, because he's just going on and on that. And other people in line are going, who is that? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, well, let me get a picture. You know that thing. And then you're trying and, to and, get out there with your so, kid, trying to buy so, some Lego. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, so uh, he says, "Can I get a picture?" I said, "Let's let's go outside and do it." As soon as we go outside, he goes, "Hey, by the way." If you need a, a commercial real estate lawyer, I, I, do, I mean, broker, I do that. And I was like, dude, I'm actually looking for property now to move my studio. Told him the story. He's like, yo, let me do it for you. Called him. He took me to a whole bunch of dope places that it would always be something that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I want to say rest in peace to my man, Kirch. Uh, he's a construction guy that built, built, built City Field and he knows how to build anything. He had the studio he built in his house and it was just immaculate and he's just really meticulous. You, it, the way this is standing, he'll be like, if you just look at it 10 seconds longer, you're going to get a better reception. Like yeah, He's yeah. one of those type of okay. guys. So he would go with me to every spot, every spot. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he like, Spot to spot, you know, and he would be like, "This place is cool, but it's gonna, it's gonna, it has asbestos properties." Oh yeah. He said, he said, if he said, even if they see, even if you seal it up, it's gonna leak through the power power outlets, which I never knew that. He that's said, crazy. And also, New York's full of that stuff. Yeah, man. Man, asbestos can travel through the power outlets, and, and that's how it seeps into the into your to breathing it in. I never knew that. That's crazy. So then we go to another spot. This one's cool, but you're gonna have to do this and this and this and this. And we damn, but it'd be nice spots. Yeah. This one's cool, but such and such and such and such and such. And so maybe two weeks pass, and Kurt is a guy that'll, if you text him, he'll write a book back of text. Oh, yeah. Whereas I'm like, with <laughs> emojis and yeah, just yeah, the whole yeah. thing, because yeah. uh, he, he had a, a drug problem for a long time, and he had just gotten out of rehab again, and but he was on, he was on point. And then, boom, uh, the day that they showed me this place, he came here, check this out, check this out. 
we started saying if everything works out with the business, we'll stay here. Mm-hmm. The day we got the call that everything's good and we're we're gonna we're gonna be able to move in, I called to give him the good news. He don't he's not answering the phone and and he's the type that answers the phone he, no matter what. Yeah. And he, I'm calling him, calling him, he's not picking up. He died that morning in his sleep. Yeah. So crazy shit that so it, it hurt because we were like man we're gonna do that back room and turn it into this yeah. and and, and I, he was excited and then boom uh, yeah, life, life's like that though it you know it's it seems to me as in my life anyway i'm 49 right when good things happen yeah so when good things happen there's also a bit there's also something bittersweet that absolutely that teaches you that the good things yeah. happening yeah are yeah. not just a good thing happening but yeah. a seriously part of your life that you have to remember yeah, yeah. And, and I can relate because I mean losing Guru but even before losing Guru I mean losing all our peers that we were cool with we, we, we hung out with ODB we hung out with Pond you know not, not just meeting and saying hey, hey yeah. it's cool to, cool to meet you like we we all hanging hanging and uh, so every, almost every rap artist from Pac on down were our friends and they're gone and and, and then they, were, they, they made a big uh, a big mark in hip hop they weren't like yeah, they were like some that dudes that you cool. know. Yeah, yeah, on the underground, these guys were our mega stars. But the, the community was small back then too. Now it's yeah. worldwide, but yeah. it wasn't worldwide then. People kind of forget. They always think it kind of traveled in this huge, yeah. in this huge like kind of movement. But it was yeah. parochial. Like there was New York, yeah. and there was L.A. And mm-hmm. we talked about, this but we f- were friends with them too. Yeah, we, yeah, were friend, was- we were already friends with Ice Cube. We were already friends with Dub C, MC8. Mm-hmm. You know that's how we ended up doing an album that's out right now. It just dropped June thirtieth. Called Which Way Is West. It's uh, it's, you know, it's just a project. I I said, yeah, you, you don't know where to put it out. I said, let me hear the songs. I said, some of them can need, need some touch-ups. Yeah, it looks great to have you touch, touch them up. Yeah. And, and uh, we did. We dropped the album. It's doing well. And, and uh, he's about to go, you know, he's working on getting, getting a tour together. And it's just dope how we can still do what we do the same way mm-hmm. and, to, and make it to our audience because our audience grows and we yeah. want to make music for our age so we do that and if the kids don't like it it's cool because our parents don't like hip hop <laughs> yeah that's either. the thing too like you know the thing when, when I first started listening to hip hop it was that older generation like what the hell is that I mean when you yeah. first started you know playing around people like yeah. and now it's like this like this hip hop that we love is like like, like, I guess they, these legendary, absolutely, but legacy kind of yeah. audience, like, because people over thirty listen mm-hmm. to music, mm-hmm. actually still buy stuff. Yeah. So it's a good yeah. thing to be where we are. Yeah. So I'm, I, I do, I do it the way I've been doing it, and I stick to that that way, and that that, that way, uh, get leave the space, pardon me, leave the space open for the younger kids mm-hmm. to do that shit. And we do ours, you know. I don't have to make that style, you know, to be relevant. I'm relevant yeah. to my audience already. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I got, a, I have a million followers, and to me, that's all. That's not scary, but if you know what I mean, it's scary that a million people will follow you. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's a lot to me. Some people I see 14 million. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, that's you know? nuts though. But that's like a whole new. That's a whole new thing because we remember before there was an internet, and it was just like the people you knew. The people who you knew who knew you, yeah, and that was kind of it. And then mm-hmm. it turns in over the last like twenty five years. There's this yeah. this thing where like people like Katy Perry have like sixty five million she people. Has a lot. <laughs> but that you ever see that lady? I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm not gonna say anything bad about her, but like she shaved her head and kind of pulled a little bit of a Britney kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't know who the real me is. It's like, yeah, because. The whole thing is that I think with music, people esteem too easy now. They're yeah. like, all right, that's pop kind of- artists have a lot of pressure because when yeah. you when you go pop, obviously that's the biggest level of the music 
stardom, I guess you would say. You know, hip-hop has its stars. You know, R&B and soul has its stars. I mean, Beyonce is still the biggest thing ever. Yeah. And that's, and she, but she's pop. I mean, yeah. Well, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Sometimes pop can, you can make your own kind of pop. Music. Yeah, she, she makes, made her own. Yeah. Like, she's, she is one of the most greatest artists ever to know how to just keep reinventing, reinventing. Like, she got it down pat. I mean, obviously, she had the experience. That's the same thing with me. I was 19 when yeah. I when I went out to get my deal. By 21, I already had a deal, and and I've been touring since then. So yeah. touring since 21, all I know is that world. Playing, playing, playing. Turbulence, turbulence. Everybody screaming. That don't even bother me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like people you know, clapping to play. Lance yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. <laughs> and you know, we, I've been through many a bumpy ones where everybody's going oh. And, what kind of air miles do you have? Air, man? Oh. Like, I, I got a lot. It's like millions. Like you can fly. Shout out to Delta, man. Delta, we need to, we need to negotiate something, man. Because yo, Delta this is DJ Premier for Delta Airlines. Delta has the best service. I've I've even heard people complain about Delta. We love Delta, yeah. man. Like so far, they haven't had a problem. Well, you've been doing it many, many years. Yeah, yeah. That, that even when you call them to, with issues, they, they, they if they're busy, they call, they do call you back. Like it, it automatically. Make sure that the, your phone is called back. You ain't even gotta oh, really? do anything. Yeah, they call you back and say yes. Yeah, so, I gotta, know, I gotta check them. Yeah, I, I do a lot. They of deal with, too, they man. just deal with you better. I've I've been with a jillion airlines, and they deal with you better. And again, some recently somebody's like, man, fuck Delta, and I think Migos them had a Delta problem, but I wasn't there. Well, I, saw, I saw something about that. Yeah, but I've never had a problem with them so far, and hope I don't. But they've always been on point with us, especially when we have problems with traveling overseas with our bags and, and changing just everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah cancel flights. Yeah, they, they work it out with you, and they're not assholes on the phone. Nothing. Yeah. So until I have that problem, I fucks with Delta. <laughs> there it is. You know, there was a thing that we spoke about last time when it was pretty much how you how you originally started in Texas. And yeah, you, and you came to New York, and I guess the long story short is you came to New York to visit your your. Grandfather, grandfather, mm -hmm. and your grandfather was a big jazz head. Yeah, and that's how you started listening to all these jazz records, yeah. right? Now I'm gonna ask. I have a couple questions that are relating to beats and things, right? Okay. And it's, it's interesting because a friend of mine was like, "Well, what are you gonna talk to Primo about?" I was like, "Well, I mean, I do talk to him about like things, just general shit, like yeah. we talk about studios and Delta right. Airlines and whatnot." But you know, a lot of times people kind of go, "Hey, man." Let's see if we can get a couple like questions that are like yeah, yeah. that are like themed, mm -hmm. and I always think a conversation are, are kind of better. But I was going to try this out because it's kind of interesting. So do your thing. Yeah, but check this out. So, what was the first beat that made you think you want to do that when you started? You know, that made me think I, that I want to do production. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would probably say uh, on the production side, I would have to say when I heard. Um, suck MCs from Run DMC. Wow, yeah, that was the one where you're like, I'm gonna that get was, get some stuff that? together. That was like '84, so I was a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So that was becoming the new thing to us because all, we didn't have rap when I was a kid. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It, it was just R, it was just soul. It wasn't even R and B. It was soul music. You go to the record store, there's a, there's a rock section, jazz section, gospel section, soul section. There was no R&B section. Yeah, I remember there was, you know? there was like, there was a moment, I guess it was like, it was like 83, 84 when all that stuff started coming out. Yeah. And the record stores would, would put it in the soul section. Right. And so you'd be like, you know, was it, uh, 
They, but they had they, they had they had disco singles. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, what yeah. That's what it was. It, was, it didn't say twelve inch singles, yeah. disco, disco singles, because a lot of the hot records. You know, I remember getting Aqua Boogie from Parliament, <laughs> and you know the album version is probably like four minutes, mm-hmm. five minutes, and the the, the twelve inch is ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like wow, they got a ten minute version, <laughs> and then there was nothing on the other side that says one sided. Uh, it, it, it Casablanca Records used to always well, I love that label one sided yeah. this side only and you know I, I, I was still testing throw the needle on even though yeah. it goes and just slides yeah. across yeah. just uh, it was like wow they have a one sided 12 inch this is amazing I thought that was so creative was like, yeah but it was it, you know that's kind of like how I guess that's how a lot of DJs started getting into that stuff yeah. too. Like having a one sided. Side. Yeah. And also Casablanca Records they had the best label like the, the actual paper yeah. label it yep. was the, a uh, Mirage yep. no it was a what do they call that? Not a mirage, but a, a, an oasis. Yeah. Like an oasis with palm trees yeah, and shit. Yeah. I love that. You know, and the fact <laughs> they had Parliament on there was open, Donna Summer, mm-hmm. oh, that's what Cameo, I think, yeah. and then they had the division of Casablanca, uh, you know, it was Chocolate City Records, you know. Yeah, just, Chocolate City yeah, Records, man. You know, yeah. so uh, the, just that whole era, man. Like, like that's why the whole hip-hop thing, all that comes with me and yeah. how I create. Mm-hmm. All that comes with me, so... Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, Suck MCs, Run DMC. Now, were you DJing at that point when you were in that stuff? Just at parties where I just knew the records. Mm-hmm. I, I was just watching Dre and uh, on the Defiant ones. Yeah, yeah. You see that? That's cool. Man. I was doing the same thing. Yeah. Like he said, he he knew what order to put them in just so and stack them because we had the record. The, 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 the automatic <laughs> little, play. Yeah. yeah. You could stack, I think, like seven records. Ten for sure, but I think it was seven or eight you could stack. Uh, 45s you put the spindle look just like that yeah, yeah, exactly just... that size or you you put the uh, the albums on there but and put on 33 but I did the same thing put it in a certain order so when the next one comes on I was like oh damn this is my jam oh that's my jam oh that's my jam oh back to back and I was the same way yeah the that, party gets going but that's our job as a DJ anyway is, is to uh, is to control the, 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 the situation you yeah. know what I'm saying I mean it's almost like a magician, you know, more waving a wand and making everybody float in the air at the same time. It's pretty much like that. Yeah, and, and and coming from you, when you first actually started getting with two records, like what was the? I guess what was the first beat you sampled when you started making beats? The, the first one I sampled when I started making beats yeah. that, that 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 was released. Yeah. Oh, um, well, just not not released that whatever you know. Well, words I manifest is really the first yeah. one wow. that I actually did. A record that I said, yo, this could be a record. I did demos yeah. that, that, you know, shopping my demos, but you wouldn't know that beat anyway. So yeah. I, I couldn't even say, oh, yeah, the, remember Up Another Level? You're going to be like, no. <laughs> no, no never got that was my demo. Uh, it was Up Another Level. Uh, we're fantastic. And Let My DJ Get Hyped. <laughs> All right. Let, let My DJ Get Hyped ended up turning into... DJ Premier and Deep Concentration. Because really? every time my MC at that time shot the Top Ski, uh, my original uh, MC shot the Sugar Pop and Styly T. Uh, when Top says, you know, let me get off the mic and let my DJ get hyped. So all the scratches I did on there was my part that I was doing. And he come back with another verse and then he said, let my DJ get hyped, do another part. And then when I did Deep Concentration on No More Missing Nice Guy, I just combined all yeah. that as one long scratch off. Because every DJ had a scratch record on their album. So I was like, I got to do yeah. one too. That that one, I mean, I guess when you when you're doing it and you're in the mix, right? You're just kind of trying to get your thing off. Yeah. But in, in hindsight, you ever hear that the band Van Halen? Of course. Hit I, every, a, I, I know, went to dive it down to it. Yeah, I know you love that. Yeah. Rock shit. I love Van Halen growing up. That was my shit. Yeah, he had the record. Love 
Eruption, man. right? Remember that oh, thing? Man, the solo, so, yeah. So I think of that record right. like your record. Yeah. Like that's kind of like what it, it is. Like right this into is you really got. Me. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> yeah, you know? Nah, man. I'm a, I got to see David Lee Roth before he left and Sammy Hagar yeah. took over. So I, yeah, I, I, I saw that movie. I yeah, saw the I saw both. I saw because I'm a Sammy fan because yeah. my our quarterback on my football team, uh, he, he he was a Sammy fan. He had a red, he had a red Camaro, <laughs> he had a red guitar. Yeah, he he, he had that red pointy guitar. When we drive, because because his name is Brody Hoppers. Brody, he was a star quarterback back in my we were in high school yeah. for our football team. And uh, whenever he drive, we used to all go to the mall together. Me, him, our, our fullback uh, Matthew Walker, who's my best friend since childhood. And then uh, uh, sometimes a guy named Matthew Woody would rock. It was always just different people, but we'd always go to the mall. And whenever he put on rock, he would. Drive and play the wheel, the, the, but to this day, when I drive, yeah, I do you're the doing same a, thing because that was something that was normal from seeing Brody. Because I'd always either be in the passenger yeah, or yeah. whatever, and he would do it to every record and finger that the whole the whole <laughs> thing. So yeah, Brody, uh, big up to him. But yeah, that that uh, I'm a Van Halen junkie, man. Rush, uh, ACDC. The Smiths, uh, I saw Genesis live. Wow. These are all groups I, I witnessed perform yeah. in concert. You know, uh, I saw Molly Crew open up for Ozzy. So they way before That's they like, popped. Was it, yeah, that was back when they yeah. were all like you know little yeah. dudes and yeah, shit. Yeah, just before they popped. You know? I, guess, I guess being a, a great music maker, you have to you have to listen to all types of music, right? Like, I, that's the thing when we start talking. You know, initially people say, "Oh, well, gangster, is, you know, this is a jazz influence. You must listen to jazz music." But yeah. you listen to freaking everything. everything. That, that, that's why I was. I just did an interview the other day, <clears throat> and I was talking about how uh, hard to earn was stripped down on purpose because they kept saying, "You know, yeah, premiere. You know, with the jazzy samples, jazzy samples, jazzy samples. Mm. Uh, with jazz rap, and we're like, jazz rap is like rapping about jazz." Yeah, yeah. This is uh, we're using jazz samples and making it sound like a hip hop beat, yeah. just using those sounds to and we convert it. So uh, it was like a mine that you were mining yeah, rather than yeah. like a style that you were right uh, uh, taking. Right? Yeah. So with that, that's why I said, well, let's do uh, hard to earn as stripped down as possible. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have melodic stuff like uh, mass appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, not really too many, you know. Everything was just raw, like uh, brainstorm, which is one of my favorites ever. It's just a drum beat and scratches yeah. and him spitting fire, you know. Yeah. And I just love the way it moves and the way he's flowing. And it's and we always made battle records. Like like Guru would always say, "Yo, I just want this record to be about just he we call them rhyming joints." Yeah. So, <laughs> so he'll say, "This was going to be about my 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 ex girl. This was going to be about." You know the, my relationship with my parents. This was going to be about a story, a story joint. This was yeah. going to be, be for the club. This was going to be a, be a, 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 a I say the spitting joint. But uh, whenever he did, did just wanted just straight rhyme, he'll say, "Yo, we're doing rhyming joint." So that's why our records have a lot of. You, you you can't mess with me. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm but he was like that in person, though. I mean, you know, yeah, that's oh, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> that, that definitely different, man. I remember I met him at a it was like it was Virgin a Virgin Lounge in right. it, at a I guess it was Laguardia. No, it must have been uh, JFK, right? Because yeah. it was going to England, right? Right. And he had a bracelet that was like this link, <laughs> right? And he came up to me and he was like, "Yo, let me see your chain." I was like, "Oh shit!" I like, right. well, man, it's you." He was like, "Yeah, but let me see your chain." Right. You know, he was not happy. He wanted to see the chain. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, I know who I am, but I want to see your chain." I was right. like, "Wow!" That's but cool. it turned out it turned out we became friends from that. But yeah. it was interesting just to kind of like that's how he was. 
So also with go, with a lot of the stuff that you guys did, like I mean, as as a guy in a band that thinks about like different stuff, because we we would say like, all right, this is going to be the party joint, this is going to be the club joint, or whatever. Yeah. With that came a lot of the, I guess what I was saying, when you mine stuff, because it's like if you listen to, even if you're taking a bass line, you chop that bass line up, and it's sounding like it's different notes. It's not the oh, same no phrasing. It's no all doubt. so. It, yeah, my bass player just asked me what that uh, shot to Brady Watt, and he's uh, on, um, but he's in the band with me. He also plays for Tyler Quali, and then he has his own yeah. band, but. Uh, when we put our band together, it's called the Batter Band, and we've been touring. B a d d e r, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we've been having great tours, and we really kill it. And uh, he, uh, I'm a bass and drum guy, so he was like, "Yo, man, all those games." He was naming certain gangstar songs. He goes, "Yo, what bass did you play on this one?" And I was like, "I didn't." He goes, "I thought you played the bass." I said, "I did." He said, "Well, what bass did you use?" I said, "I was doing a keyboard," and he's like. Dude, it sounds like you're fingering a bass. I'm like, yeah, because I'm, my mind is like, play it like yeah. a bass player. Don't just, you know, and take the quantile. Yeah. You're talking off. about Parliament. If you listen to their stuff, that's yeah. keyboard bass, but that's Bootsy yeah. playing yeah. a keyboard. Yeah. So yeah. it's and like Bernie Worrell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bernie. That's my a God. Piece, man. Bernie Worrell is one of the creators of just the funk on a whole nother level. Yeah. Where you, when you hear that keyboard, you know it's Parliament, and yeah. you know the which gave birth to the G funk sound and and just the whole West Coast. But he was a thoughtful guy too. He was on many levels at one time, like thinking, you know, on the harmony as well as thinking yeah. on the root. You know, yeah, it's yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm a big George Clinton Parliament funkadelic. Mm. Uh, I'm definitely a funkateer. And then I'm a James Brown junkie. So see, James Brown, I, I like remember that the song that I guess Carlos Alomar wrote for David Bowie and James Brown at the same time is the Fame riff. Man, yep, 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 yep. You know, I like James Brown version better. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, obviously the Fame one just the way he did it with the fame yeah. well that was yeah, john I mean, lennon singing that really dude this oh, is the, the great yeah that's john the, the songwriting credit is like carlos alomar john lennon and david bowie on wow. that joint and it's and it's david bowie going fame so if right, you look right. no no it's john lennon going fame so if you look so next you time you listen to it yeah yeah, yeah you hear the high fame that's john lennon wow. you hear the, once you know it you're like oh shit that is him wow it's like the I mick jagger thing on that carly simon song i gotta ask my my tour manager i gotta ask keula if he's aware of that because he's a he's a beatles oh yeah well that's junkie yeah these dudes he did it electric ladyland too down on a street yeah yeah i did uh devil's pie at uh at uh um electric lady with uh with d'angelo and we got a and we got a um uh a grammy for it yeah how many grammys do you have man uh three yeah jay-z Christina Aguilera oh, yeah. and, uh, and uh, D'Angelo. Because we were talking about pop music, and I remember when you did that record with Christina. Right. And I think Becky was still working with you at the mm -hmm. time. And I was like, we were just like, that's you know, that's how she should be sounding. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, man. I, t I keep telling her like, yeah, like, yo, let's do another one. Mm -hmm. Like, we can we can kill it, and and with confidence, not yeah. even like I hope we can still, you know crack into the scene it's like nah we could, we could do it we was she in it. the studio with you yeah yeah, yeah she was I, cool. she, I flew down there and, and stayed with her for like a month really and just and we had the most she was getting married at the time too oh yeah I mean we had so much fun and, and I went to a wedding and you know DJ AM rest in peace yeah. did her reception and it was just a fun fun wedding and then she had an after party after that it was in Napa Valley so now I have a lot of great friends in Napa Valley because yeah. I wasn't really hip to wine tasting okay. that wasn't something I so that, that's uh, where you spend an afternoon now, man. man you know because uh, shout out to Garrett Onfeld man he, he's the one that uh 
that's from there and they were catering the food for Christina for her dinner the night before the wedding and so he saw me walking around with, with whiskey and he said man why don't you drink some wine I'm like man I'm and he was like dude this is our livelihood this is what this town is mm -hmm. and he's like why don't you let me take you wine tasting tomorrow and I was like man he convinced me to go and then once I saw the culture and how they do it and you, if you don't like it pour it in the yeah, face yeah, yeah. I was like oh I like it this is cool yeah, you know? and also you do get a minimum buzz out of it you come yeah, out of it kind of yeah, feel nice yeah, you know? yeah yeah no it's a trip so now i have a whole different respect for the wine uh, culture period and and uh, i got great friends out there to this day that, that, that uh, i hang with when i go out there and, and i've had even brian the one that got yeah. to help me get the the studio to, to move here he was going to Napa and I hooked him up with my guys oh, yeah. and since they're born and raised there they took care of him took him to like the nice big mansions to relax and drink and just be all over in the mountains away from everybody and just it's a nice you spot. know took him to the, to the the wineries and the, the, to see where they make it yeah. and he sent me a picture with all with my boy and all that stuff and he was just like man me, me, me and my wife are so happy yeah. we, we had to bet they took care of us food everything and that was dope so you know uh, all because of Christina because uh, yeah. it would never have happened to, to connect with them I'd like to see that another record with you guys that would be great man oh hell yeah we're, we're, uh, she's working on one that I gave her and she told me to send some, some more so I'm going to work on some new demos but yeah she she has one that she wants to that she wants to keep that I gave her a few years ago so uh, it's been almost three years but you know she's the type at the point now she can do it whenever she wants to start she yeah that's true she, she doesn't have to put out an album just just she yeah, yeah, she doesn't need to rush anything. That's nah, it. So, she she said she. I asked her just recently, does she still want it? She said, yeah, I'm keeping it. So, she said, but send some more. But I'm definitely gonna still mess with that. One. <laughs> yeah, she can't give it back, man. You yeah. can't give it back. <laughs> I don't want her to give it back. I want her to get on it yeah. and and rock it. So yeah, we we, we should be good. And uh, shout out to her and the whole whole team. Now, I was gonna I was gonna keep going with my boy T Bone's kind of idea of like you know what was the last beat you made and things like that. But All I right. wanted to kind of talk about when you when you make beats, it's obvious kind of two musicians right where you're going to be making all types of different kind of stuff mm -hmm. and i guess the, where you become the, the producer is where you go well like for instance like that would be a joint that maybe christine i'll send to christina now uh, when you when you when you after you make the beat do you kind of at that point think about who would be best suited to nah i don't make beats at all until i know there's a job yeah like i don't just come in the studio and say oh let me make like 10 beats today yeah I, I heard that about you because that's how i kind of do stuff never and i walk in and make it right there while you wait mm. it's like <laughs> you're, you're at mcdonald's yes what would you like i'd like a big mac okay well most of the actually the big mac's already done yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, they're done so i take that back you make an order at a restaurant, nice restaurant where you get quality, quality food. Mm -hmm. I make it right there. You can ask from you know any artist that's worked with me that was in the session. Watch me turn it on and do do it from scratch. I've never said, "Hey, here's a stack and pick one." Yeah, never, never. I, 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 not to cut you, no, I no. have a couple that have been set aside or somebody turned it down and mm -hmm. I'll use it for something else and mm -hmm. it'll pop off for somebody else yeah. but that's just because they happen to be there and I, and I would know like yo I think you might rock to this mm -hmm. and they'll hear it and go yeah I'll take that that's, that's what right. happened with D'Angelo that was a cannabis B cannabis didn't want it D'Angelo happened to call me that same day <laughs> so it was still fresh while I was day. leaving the lab oh, yeah, right, like yeah. literally leaving he's like yo what you doing I was like nah, I'm heading home yes, I was working on a beat with, with Biss and uh, he, he's not using it. he said oh well, can I hear it and I was like yeah I'm electric <laughs> I was electric. That's where actually, uh, actually, the picture of us at that session is uh, is mine. Is well, y'all can maybe hear Primo just turned on the 
Mission Control, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were actually in the background, the wonderful yeah. movie, The Bronx yeah, Tale, was Bronx playing in the Tale, man. Word. You could always watch that. But the picture is me, Jay Dilla, a young alchemist, and what? D'Angelo. And this is when D'Angelo said, yo, I'm about to do a video buck naked. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember I remember. I knew the dude who was his manager back then. Yeah, uh, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic. Yeah, Dominic. yeah he just like, passed away. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P., yeah, man. Yeah, for, for real. And I remember him saying... Yeah, we put in, we just did we shot a video it's next level and I was like because D was on the same label as us on EMI right, back right, when we right. first got signed, yeah. so it was like we were like always interested in what he was doing because Bob Power did some stuff with him right yeah, uh, maybe on the, on the master and I don't I well, maybe he did on the, even you know Bob could play like guitar and stuff like that too but uh, so I don't know I don't know if he played but, you know, but he's known for engineering yeah yeah because Tim Latham yeah who's the guy who worked with us that worked with Bob and that's how we kind of got in that, that okay but I remember anything the did all the tribe stuff too yeah yeah exactly man and they do some daylight things but but was, what I thought was funny was like he was just saying yeah he was almost kind of like yeah man when this comes out man oh man dude. Yeah. D, J. Dilla before he was sick. Wow. Look at Al. Al, Al, Al was really young. Al, Al was yeah. like 16, man. Yeah, he, he might have been. He might have been. Wow. He might have been. That's yeah. a great picture, man. Yeah, and that's the engineer Dragon in the back. You know, he was engineer. He still is D'Angelo's engineer. But yeah, that was D going over there to bring the beat. And yeah. that's actually the second day because... Uh, we, yeah, your PMB Nation shirt, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dilla was laying some stuff, and, and Questlove it just is not in the shot. Questlove was literally walking out the door because right. he had just laid the 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 uh, down title, oh, really? oh, yeah, right. the drums. Wow. So yeah, yeah, man. We, we we were all in there just just bugging out, having a good time, man. So it, when when like, we're just getting back to the the beat making thing, yeah. right? I mean, it's also like I I've also heard you say that it's not like a formula. Like you just that's what you do is you vibe off the person you're going to be working with yeah. and, and make it and, 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 and yeah. I make what I think sounds like them. Sometimes yeah. they they're like Nah, Prem, and I'm like Yeah, it right. is. And then sometimes you know you'd want to know better. Yeah. You know, with like with Dilla, for instance, right? When you guys first started hanging out together. Was it an instant kind of like I like what you do? You, I like yeah. what you do, kind of thing. Yeah, I met him through Q-Tip. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and Q-Tips, people don't realize that Q-Tips a pretty badass producer yeah, as yeah. well, man. Well, he did the world is yours for yeah. the <laughs> yeah. I mean, not the world is yours. That that's P. Rock. Uh, he did uh, one love yeah, yeah. and and you know all the tribe stuff. I mean, come on, like before uh, Dilla even came into the picture, like he did check the rhyme mm -hmm. and and midnight. Uh, uh, award tour. I mean, lyrics to go. So this, yeah, the tribe Woo. discography is ridiculous. Wow, man. You know, the DJs. You know, it's, he lost a lot of records back in the yeah, oh, yeah. Like we we, we all gave him gave yeah. records. Yeah, we all made sure we gave him some stuff. So yeah, that, that, I remember that, that, that happened. What, I was talking to Ronson. He yeah. was like, oh, he's like, he's yeah. not because you're talking about getting depressed. I mean, yeah, that's, that's like that's a thing that like you know you have friends leave and then like your records. Yeah, if man. you have like as many as he did or any DJ really. I remember I Becky was telling me. my story. I have a lot, man. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Well, Becky was telling me that you used to travel with, what, like six crates? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Think of the excess freight, oh, man. man. <laughs> thinking, yeah. when, oh, thinking, thinking when they get lost and on yeah. a connecting flight and they don't show up and you're in Europe, you're like, where's my bag? Someone in Dusseldorf's like, what is this? Yeah. Let's look inside. Oh, records. <laughs> I'm going to keep these. Oh, man. man. Or they just be like, ah, it's just records. Get them out of here. So yeah. I, I really like the idea of it, it being a an organic situation with you with the, with the making of the rhymes yeah thing. it's always the only way I, that's the only way I know how yeah. you know I just come in oh, we're going we're 
yo, you, you, you want to work with such and such? Yeah, I'm down. Stay tuned and stay classy. There's even more dope stuff coming your way. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, it was, it's so, so the, we were just talking, my wife showed up with the kids and whatnot. Yeah, shout out to Becky, man. Uh, for those <laughs> that, that don't know, uh, she's one of the dopest agents I ever had in the music business for my career. Everything was always just so dope, how she dealt with us. All the money was great. The the, the, the venues were great. The, like, she always got us good gigs. And uh, I just got to shout out Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Because he's the one that hooked me up with Becky, and then we started running together doing tours, and then Becky got out of the business and left it alone. Then we t- we asked her to come back. She came back. <laughs> we started rocking again, and now she's a mother of two, and she's lamping. So. Yeah, she's she's totally happy to be yeah, here too. Yeah, good, good. well, I, I remember when I met her, it was through Cash Money. I met her at oh, wow. Cash Money was doing a gig in London. And I knew him, so he's right. like, hey, you want to meet my agent? I'm thinking wow. some dude from Philly with a chain. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. no, nah, I don't. And then she came in. I was like, oh, wow, hell no. And y'all yeah, just clicked. Yeah, 10 years of marriage last month. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That, 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 that's a beautiful thing. It is. And yeah. you know what's, what I always thought is cool is we were just hanging, having my boy in there playing around with the move yeah. thing on his app. Yeah. And you have a boy the same age. Mm-hmm. The way they kind of see and feel music, is, isn't it amazing for being, yeah. I guess, the dads checking that out? Uh-huh. Yep. That's a trip. I mean, he was saying he plays baseball, soccer, mm-hmm. basketball, and he's very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. And just already seeing him in that, and just like uh, your son just did when you start doing the move on, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. on the app. He's like, move that. Let me, let me, let me, let me get up on that. Yeah, yeah. It's all they want to be the the lead of everything, and that, you know that that's a beautiful thing seeing him develop into decision making mm-hmm. choices of this one or that one. You know all yeah. that stuff. You know, it's so. it's also cool to see how they appreciate music. No question. Because you know, I mean, I, I guess at that age, you're saying like you know when they're age, just want to hit shit. Like we're going in and playing the drums and yeah. stuff. He loves like Rage Against the Machine, uh-huh. but I play a lot of different stuff to him, and the one thing. 
thing that will stop him in his tracks yeah. is the song Blue Monk by wow. Thelonious Monk. Wow. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It'll just stop. Because I don't know what it was. Maybe when he was in the womb or something. Because we played a lot of different know. stuff, man. What, what, what attracts him. I mean, I guess that's how all music and things do to all of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. It, yeah, you can never really say. That's the thing. That's why I always find music still, you know, it's my life and all that. Yeah, and no goes, question. But it does something that transcends everything about humanity just makes it all one thing you know humans are all just humans and when you listen to music Facts, it's yeah. not like all this different stuff yeah. say so, but let's get back to it because i know that we got you on a saturday afternoon oh, here yeah. Oh, yeah. kind of doing that thing but we're, we're at a really cool point where when it all the question was when we were talking about what beat you first made and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. what did it all click for you when you were kind of like you know when you heard yourself make something that you were like all right this is going to be what i'm going to do for the rest of my life um, definitely when we did Words on Manifest yeah. because it was the first single that we released together, me and Guru, and uh, when it came out, it, it was a hit, and, yeah. and it just took off, and everything just started to fall into place from that point, so it was like, wow, we're on our way, and my now my mind state, which it still is, keep making records that have that effect like that, you know, all the time. Are you your worst enemy when it comes to stuff like that? You're your biggest critic? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I know when it's ready. You know, some people they they know when it's ready for them, and and I may disagree when I hear it, yeah. but for me, I know when it's ready. It seems like like there are a lot of I guess there are a lot of musicians like that would take that don't have the I'm finished button. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They'll mm-hmm. go for like two three years yeah. making a beat or making an album. I know mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are still making an album. It's been like six years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Have you ever had that problem? Oh like, yeah, I'm on a 15 year <laughs> not 15 year run, but. <laughs> Definitely a twelve-year run with uh, the NYGs, and uh, now I'm actually mixing it. Yeah. Um, there were different well, things. That's good that, to know. There were, there were different things that stopped and started. And many things. Well, the crazy thing is, right when I was about to get into the full mixing mode of it, is really around the same time that I found out we were going to pack up and move. So now it's like, man, I can't even think about albums or anything yeah. right now. I got to think about where to, where we're going to go. Mm. So you got this, how, how long have you been here then? This is going on my third year. All right, so you, you you're settled now. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's now it's all it's all kind yeah, of yeah. Like- so a lot a lot of adjustments had to be made. I had to do new business decisions, new new different things. Uh, I had personal uh, issues going on at the same time, mm-hmm. and it was all just it, it was like. It was like, am I being tested on if I'm gonna fall apart? <laughs> you know, that's what that's I what you fall apart. Yeah. I refused. So I was like, man, stay believing that everything's going to work itself out and I just went into that mode and now that I'm in a space where I can really focus on that album being this it's a it's, it's more this album they're all sacred to me but this one's special because of my friendship with the guys in the group because I've known them when they were you know out, out in the street yeah. you know doing what they do so now that they 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 you know they're home and everybody's focused they're older but their music can relate to the youngsters that's in the street street and yeah. they're really really See, out that's, there that's the trick right yeah well I, I we I call it struggle music we we make struggle music to let let cats know we we know what time it is we still keep it hood mm-hmm. even though we're mature and, and intellectual we still keep it hood as far as understanding the mentality of our people and if it transcends to everybody else outside of that that's fine because it, it's supposed to speak to everybody but it's specifically designed to a certain audience and when, when it comes to the, to the streets I love that type of music I love that type of lingo and language because mm-hmm. I, I did the same thing mm-hmm. I was a slang kid still say, speak slang still you know just do a lot of stuff that is part of my my world and my culture but and then I do the mature stuff too mm-hmm. you know so it's a, it's a nice balance now did you ever have a, an idea to have your studio where you live 
like in your never, house or never because I I have never thought that either. But I'll be too that, lazy. Well, yeah. we're talking about Q-tip, Jonathan. He has it is in his basement, right? Pretty I'll much. I'll be too lazy and I won't want to work. Yeah. I, I want to sit on the couch, watch TV, light one, <laughs> uh, you know, have a beer, and you know, have something to eat, and just lay there. Probably take a take a, a power nap. Get back <laughs> up, I'll do it tomorrow. Next thing you know, you're laying on the couch for days, never getting it done. Yeah. I like to have to get up knowing I gotta come to work handle my mission get to go back home you know like, yeah, well, yeah, like we, stay moving yeah I, we well we're back here we have a house and out the back where there used to be the stables right we converted it into wow. the studio so i have to yeah, have well, leave okay, the but house. that's not where you're it's like yeah it's not like house. it's not like, yeah you have to go I have out to leave to yeah, yeah yeah we call that, it the that's, that, that's different <laughs> yeah, that's, that's different. the manix yeah. that's different and yeah. it's funny because my boy's always kind of sneaking in, picking up guitars and bringing them back to his house. Right. Go back to the house. So. <laughs> yeah, but that that's different. You, 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 it's not like, oh, let me just go downstairs and we're there. Yeah. You got to leave out of the house where you're in a whole separate mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. from the house. Because you look forward to different parts of your day at yeah, that point. It's yeah. not just all one blur yeah, and stuff. Uh, yeah. Now, we were talking about stuff just in the other room. about the, We talked about the, the record you have out with eight. Uh -huh. There was another lady who attained the record came uh, out yesterday. Tori Wolf. Yeah, yeah, she dropped her first, uh, third single, actually. I did the first two. Uh, the first one was called First and then we did a, a remix with Dilated Peoples because oh, the, cool. uh, the original I'm scratching their voice in the hook yeah. so I was like yo we should do a remix and have them rap in the song that would be great and it came out dope we did, we did a video for both versions the remix and the original and then she uh we uh, dropped one called Shadows Crawl, and now this one is produced by King of Chill, who's a legendary producer from MC Light, Audio 2, oh, that's, The Alliance. Oh, that yeah, dude. Yeah. Right, yeah. He, uh, we, we, we go way back to, to the 80s. That's and, like uh, Staten Island, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Staten Island Brooklyn, but, you know, yeah. but Staten Island was, uh, yeah, was where uh, um, uh, Nat Robinson and the whole First Priority moved from mm -hmm. Brooklyn to Staten Island. That's Milk D's father and yeah, yeah. Giz's father, yeah. yeah. I knew those so, guys, yeah. So from there... King of Chill produced it. I did the the, the track. Uh, I mean, uh, no, King of Chill produced it. I did the scratches, mm -hmm. and uh, Macklemore came and spit a dope verse mm -hmm. on it. And it's called Free, and it just came out uh, yesterday, meaning August eleventh. Right. That's cool. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, I guess when when you're kind of, I guess what is it contracted to make a beat when someone comes sits in the studio with you and like that, yeah. it's it's going to be one kind of thing. When you start doing stuff where it's people come to your studio, right. how's the dynamic change there? Is it kind of like I mean, I imagine people are a little bit nervous in a studio with you, right? Going, okay, we're trying mm -hmm. to do some stuff. I mean, most of the time, they're, they're more excited to, to get it cracking, and I just tell them what I've visualized, you know, how, I, how I work, and then I'm like, hey, if you want to go lamp in the lounge on <laughs> TV. And then, you know, a lot of them like, I want to watch you cook it, okay. Yeah. And I kind of just... Here's me quantizing a beat. I'll yeah. tell them, don't really pay me no mind if I don't, if I don't they answer you or whatever, whatever, and I'll just start going to my little world, and then when you, you just hear something and you start now, you point over there and I can see over your shoulder there's yeah. like a controller keyboard yeah. there's an Akai sampler there's a laptop <clears throat> and some records behind it now is right. that is that like what you're working on now no that that stack of records was just stuff that I, sometimes you just pull stuff out of a box some of them might have drum breaks or whatever but mm -hmm. Uh, I, that's when I actually did had to do a uh, vinyl only party in Toronto, and I went to Rock and Soul and bought a whole oh, yeah. bunch of vinyl. And <laughs> the, the, the instead of putting them doubles in it in, in one jacket, I put I mean in two jackets I put them in one jacket. Right. So a lot of that stack is just empty jackets of those of that I, I bought because I didn't have time to really go through all my boxes because I've been on Serato for so long yeah. doing a vinyl party. Like well, I got to rip it. And there's certain records I'm going to need that I don't know where it really looks, how everything's in storage. So I was like, yo, 
Let me buy a couple, <laughs> and then I'll look for for the one yeah. that I know. There's certain cases that are still packed the same way, even from when oh, Becky. You, where oh, yeah, I so you remember how they're yeah, packed. See, that's the thing. You used to have, like, I guess, like a, a sticker on your case to know what case that was or oh, whatever yeah. it corresponds. Yeah, we all mark our stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, the DJs always have way. We know, we know our bags. And I also remember Serato. Serato. I remember Becky was talking about Jeff did Serato. Right. And she's like, she, I was like, what's about the Serato? She said, when Primo does Serato, Serato's going to be Serato. Because, I mean, Jeff. Right. I was kept the, saying no yeah. for a long time. Now, what, what was the thing that got you to go, all right, dude, was it, was it Jeff? Jeff uh, and DJ Jazz. Well, and Jay. For those who don't know, Serato is a program that runs an interface from your your iTunes, right? Uh, your iTunes to the turntables on a, on a Techniques uh, through the mixer, right? Yep. So now instead of having... 300 songs you have 30,000 songs so your your set is you know that it's your spoil for choice all oh, yeah. I imagine your iTunes is pretty much awesome yep. so you're out there you got like 40,000 songs you got how do you shift a, a, a set like if you go out you to a club always uh, well once I know what kind of gig it is, yeah. is how, I, how I set it up. Because I'm like, what kind of gig is it? Is it mm-hmm. 97 style yeah. or is it <laughs> like raw underground? Yeah. If, they, if they're like, well, it's a little mixture, both kind of like, you know, club dance and all. All right, cool, got it. I'll start pulling. Uh, I'll get the latest stuff that's on the radio mm-hmm. as a folder. I'll get the the classics as a folder. You, you know, the, um, and then just in between stuff. I even have a sing-along folder record that I know they know the words and I could oh, just yeah. drop the fader and they finish it <laughs> and stuff like that. It, 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 just, it, it just changes all the time yeah. and that's the fun of it going, yeah. wait to look what I can do today and you got enough records to do different stuff to keep altering your show. I'm thinking like back in the day when you were taking <clears throat> six record boxes out, yeah. <clears throat> you had to think way before, like, you know, what could possibly be the most far field gig I do, yeah. and and kind of accommodate for that. Yeah. So now it's almost the opposite, where you're like, okay, I've got all this choice rather than limited yeah. choice. But yeah, but when you have a lot, that's also can be bad because you, yeah. you, you you run a muck. <laughs> exactly. You, like, what's the name of that song again? So much to choose from, but yeah. you just got to be creative, man. And that that's always been a DJ thing, being creative. Yeah. I mean, even the way we mark our records with the tape and color and markers, mm-hmm. we, we we're very very meticulous. Yeah, I remember what was it that that recent TV show about the Bronx was that that thing that came out on Netflix or whatever it was corny a lot of people oh, liked it but it was, oh, oh, but it was like Grandmaster uh, Flash the, the, the was the get down yeah, the, yeah the get and down. the thing about the crayon and the record it yep, was like this yep, big ma. mystery for a second mm-hmm. no. well things like that I guess I mean those that's the folklore of, of the instrument right no I mean question. it's like when you talk about like blues guitar it started a certain place and it moved you know along but that kind of stuff I always found really cool interesting I also found like what equipment people use mm-hmm. like I was always one of those dudes that was like what amp is he using through that yeah, or what keyboard yeah. is that sound? like what do you use I see an Akai and yeah and, uh, my amp we use a Bryston 4B yeah. very very the, the respected uh, machinery you know and uh and, um, you know, we routed that in the back because this place was already pre-done. The speakers were already Oh, really? So this was like the studio already? Yeah, we just took it out and brought my stuff in. And, yeah. you know, uh, the carpet was very lumpy and everything. So I just got my carpet guy just come and just tighten it up yeah. and just, just recut and tighten it and pull it. And then now it's back to tight again. Yeah, it's it's a great studio. So what stuff are you like? Because that, if that's your... your the uh, Akai Renaissance is the... The software version of an MPC. It yeah. is an MPC yeah. Renaissance. Because that's the you have the old one up there. With yeah, the, old, the sixty. So. That's a sixty-two. I have a sixty as well, and I still use it. That's all the NYG stuff mm-hmm. that uh that, to finish the album. 
the, the album's all floppy disks, yeah. so back to, yeah, back to that, that <laughs> era. Floppy disk, man. Everything else is done on here. They, they have a couple songs I did on, on here, like it's the, the newer stuff that's but to close out the album. Maybe three songs, but the rest of it's all floppy disk. Yeah. And then uh, this right here is my new baby. I love, I love it. It's quicker than using the old way. Because it's you know it's everything. It's a little more sensitive, yeah. And it's digital yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah, you can just jump to here and then look. You mess up, you can undo. Even if I mess up on the program, and I can hit undo, really? and it puts it back to where I had it. Yeah, you know it's just crazy how you couldn't do that in my era. Same thing with going to tape. All we know is tape. We don't know yeah. Pro Tools. So. That's the thing. I remember. I remember when the Pro Tools switch happened, right? Yeah. And also, it changes the way you track, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because if you're looking at tape, and if especially yeah. if you're looking at old school style where you're in a studio you're paying a grand a day yeah. right you got tape you got to keep your mistakes to a minimum yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. what you put on the tape has to be good yeah, or great you miss you know? a punch it's gone you yeah. gotta do it again and, and, and the more you keep missing the punch the harder it is to clean it up <laughs> where with this you can just hit undo yeah. and you're back to normal do you think that makes it easier for ideas to get down because I mean a lot. if you think about putting it on tape or putting it on digital format right <clears throat> the pressure you'd be under like say if you keep missing right. that punch it's just gonna get messier, it, it, messier. It's e i mean it's easier when you already know what you're doing mm -hmm. like i already know what i'm doing and i'm like oh it could do this and this that that quick oh and they could do that mm -hmm. cool how, show me how to make it do that because i already i'm when you show me how to make it do that i'm thinking in the way of how i want to interpret a track on how i've been doing it yeah. and i'm like okay oh that's even faster cool done and it, it is much faster much faster. Well, I should check that out, man. I'm yeah. trying to. I'm, I see everybody's got the Planet Fat. I have one of those. Everybody yeah, I know has that's one. That's all my analog gear from the other studio. I will couldn't. I will always keep that and use those. See, uh, see, a lot of times. Mount. Like, dude, we were talking about Tim Latham before, man. He was t he, back in the day because we produced those records with him, right? Right. And he was always saying, like, yeah, like a lot of these plug and stuff because he's really into Pro Tools, right? Right. But sometimes you just got to put a mic in front of a speaker, and just that air yeah. that gets picked up is the 100%. is you know is the 100%. thing it's also I guess a lot of times people I guess the waveform I guess someone's awake but the waveform usually is like real boxy when they have right. like the digital stuff and then right. you have more dynamic and I guess with that comes a little bit more you can cut through with certain frequencies right yeah no question but anyway to leave this because I, I hear my baby girl just woke up <laughs> here too do you have do you have like a, a, a memory of a beat that was just really hard to put together that was just arduous but then when you finished it you were like well that was what the struggle was about just trying to get that idea out um not really i mean i i get stuck where like you know producers block where mm -hmm. i've hit a song three four five times and it's still not coming together and then one day it just finally comes together and it's, it's on you know uh it rarely happens but it's i've been down that road a couple of you know at least five six seven times yeah yeah, and and take weeks where I'm still can't get it to go. Different grooves, different sounds, and it's still not where I'm like, yeah, this is the one. I, it has to hit me that way for me to go, yeah. Even if they feel it, nah, this is it. I, I I'm just that confident to know that my judgment has not <clears throat> teeter tottered at all. No <laughs> teeter tottered, yeah, from, man. From my childhood to fifty one, it's still. Yes, right, and a lot of it has a DJ mentality because we have to uh, set the tone of what's hot, yeah. and we set the tone without having to say it's hot just because everybody else says it is. 
it's because it's not hot just because uh, to me just because everybody else says a hot record yeah. there's a lot of hot records I don't like right now that's running things but I have it in my Serato yeah. you got to yeah. I don't want nobody going you ain't you don't have that you're, you're, you're DJing a club with this type of a crowd yeah yeah no, I think it comes down to you trust yourself as a musician. Right? Absolutely. Now, when when did that happen? That happened early on in your life because I know that I trust myself as a person because when I was like seventeen, I had to jump out of airplanes and right, shit, right. and it was like, well, I had to trust me or I'd die. Yeah, yeah. Were you in a situation like that where it was like heavy, where you're like, I have to trust this dude? Yeah, yeah. It, it's to where I've been given an opportunity to do this professionally and make money and mm-hmm. live off of it, and all the perks that come with it. I'm gonna go in the, as a fan, so I have a fan mentality. Yeah, yeah. Like, like man, if you gave me a shot at making a record, this is how I would do it, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much the way I go in. Like, this is how I would do it, and, and you give me a shot. Listen after the next hour, what, what it sounds like. Well, that's inspiring, dude. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time on yeah, a Saturday no afternoon for you. Yep. Love you, my man. Brother, Thank man. you very much. And now we're gonna go. You're gonna beat my daughter now. Yeah, was I right or was I right? It was awesome to hang with Primo again. He's a gentleman and a legend, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I know my wife showed up with the kids towards the end there, and then after we finished, he hung out with us. But he's an awesome dude. He took pictures with my, my family. I got some awesome pictures. And his son's about the same as my son, so there's a lot of great stuff going on. So switching gears a little bit, or rather a lot of bit, because, you know, life's like that, you know. I'm talking with Big Phil Campion next week. Now, he's an SAS vet. Uh, he's super trooper, man. Uh, he's a guy who once threw a fridge full of Coca-Cola to fend off Somali pirates. This guy's got more stories than Edgar Allan Poe. But more than a big personality and the wild stories, he is a guy behind the Remembrance Rumble. It's an annual boxing match between UK and US Special Forces guys raising money to support veterans. Awesome cause. So, don't miss the next episode, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Until next time, y'all, stay classy. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 